Hi guys, I'm back with a fiction today. It's quite a long one, um, but I don't write them very often. I've kind of resorted mainly to my own stories. Here you are, it's the, the blackness. Cecilia used to have a reoccurring nightmare that a fire was burning beneath the floor of her house. And no matter what she did, she could not put it out. The nightmare often woke her up in the middle of the night and in a panic she'd run around the house in her dressing gown, checking all the floors. And even though she knew it was a dream, she would be too afraid to fall asleep again. A year ago, she had been living with her partner in a beautiful tropical North Queensland home. They had met at a dance in town and had immediately become a couple. And it was not long before they made the union legal. As they both loved the rainforest, they found a large house not far away from the Daintree rainforest. Life had been good, but when Alan got sick, things changed. What had happened to him was mind-numbing and horrible. Still, she missed his love and companionship and wished with all her heart he was still alive. Now that she was on her own, trying to manage was hard. The bank was a ready to repossess the house and furniture to pay the mortgage. So she had to find somewhere to live, and fast. With low finances, finding a home was difficult. As most houses and units she could afford to rent were run down and in need of work. It had been a disappointing day of trying to find a decent place to live. So when she saw the last house on her list, she wanted to forget the whole idea and move into state. But beggars can't be choosers, as her mother used to say. The house stood on its own in the corner of two roads, so the garden finished in a V. The old wooden fence was holding up well, but the rest of the garden was a nightmare. Once there had been an old chicken run, but now weeds grew industriously through the entangled wire. As well as the old chicken run, there were sheets of rusty corrugated iron lying in the grass. And Cecilia imagined a family of snakes living there. It gave her the shivers. At the back of the building stood an outhouse with a dirty outside toilet inside. And beside the toilet stood the laundry. Although there was a large sink for washing, it had no pipes to hold the water. And the only water available for the laundry was outside in a small rainwater tank. The rest of the block fared no better just bare, dusty land stretching out in both directions. Although the patch of earth at the front of the house was too narrow for a garden, someone had planted a few flowers in an attempt at prettying the place up. Still the house charmed her in some way. She couldn't fathom. What made it more appealing was the impressive front door made of dark wood and a large, shiny brass knocker. The front door led directly into the living room and the first thing she noticed was the fireplace. It was lovely as there were green tiles with intricate floral designs all over it and above that was a huge mantelpiece big enough to hold plenty of photos and ornaments. It was obvious the last occupants had taken pride in their home as in the front of the fireplace stood a green velvet sofa in good condition and it gave the room the quiet elegance of a bygone age. The other furniture contained a coffee table and writing desk that looked in good condition. 
The bedroom at the front of the house must have been the children's room at one time, as the first thing Cecilia noticed was a small stained glass panel set into the window. The panel fascinated her as it depicted two children playing in a sunny garden. Both of the children were dressed in blue and were playing in a field full of red flowers. This incredible window looked new and out of place in the tired old house. The room had pink walls and the whole effect gave off a friendly atmosphere. Both beds were furnished with comfortable mattresses and even the tiles around the fireplaces had pictures of fairies and elves all over them. How lovely, she exclaimed. If I take the house, this will be my bedroom. The real estate agent looked surprised and relieved at her reaction. In the main bedroom stood a large iron bed with faded white paint on the headboard. The mattress looked stained and old with a notable sag in the middle and the walls were a sickly yellow. The fireplace had been blocked by a piece of dirty green wood and the mantelpiece was cracked and broken. Cecilia didn't like the room at all as it gave her a bad feeling so she decided she would only use this room for storage. There was an old wood-burning stove in the kitchen which at one time had heated the water. This contraption badly needed replacing as there were rust, there was rust all over the hot plates. The estate agent, a homely woman, said she would try to get it changed, but until then she could provide a two-burner hot plate if this was okay. It was obvious by her expression. She was doubtful about any repairs, but it didn't worry her at the time. The wooden table and chairs looked well worn but tough, and Cecilia felt grateful the house had such durable furniture. There was a gap beneath the door, which could let in a whole family of spiders, and the walls had several holes that would let in the cold. But as she had already made up her mind to take the house, she decided to cover them up with tape. The estate agent opened another door beside the kitchen and Cecilia was pleasantly surprised to find a cute bathroom and laundry. Apparently this had been another bedroom that had recently been modernised. The place was okay and she felt she would be fine here, even if it was old. Having to move everything herself was difficult as she only had an old car that would overheat regularly. Still, when night arrived she had settled in and the estate agent left her a two-burner hot plate. So, sighing in relief, she put the kettle on and sat down at the wooden table. This could work. I can look for work anywhere, anything would do, she thought, and time will heal the wounds of Alan's death. Alan had died from a massive brain tumour, and in the latter stages his mind became unbalanced. He really thought she was trying to poison him and would chase her out into the bush and threaten to kill her. Sadly, she had been terrified of him, so even though it was a dreadful way to die, for her it had been a relief. I must let go, let him go, or life will become unbearable, she said to herself. As she sat there, letting the past wash over her, it felt as though the house was listening. Again, another illusion. Alan's illness had left scars not only in her heart, but in her mind too. The holes in the walls bothered her, so she patched them up with rags and sticky tape. But the next morning when she came into the kitchen, the patches had gone. Who or what had taken the rags out? She had no idea. 
She just thought she had not filled them in properly, so she filled them in again the next evening. But each morning they were gone again, and she seriously wondered if she had a peeping Tom. First, she thought she would talk to the estate agent, but dismissed the idea as it sounded strange. Finally, she gave up trying to seal the holes and decided it must be an animal because if it was a peeping Tom, he was never there when she looked outside. Still, the blackness through the holes did bother her. Cecilia was determined to get on with her life and keep her mind occupied. So, again, she didn't let the holes worry her. She realised that she enjoyed working in the garden and she would busy, be busy most of the day weeding and fixing up the fence. After tea, she'd sit in the lounge room and write. But whenever she went in the kitchen, she would notice the empty holes. Sometimes it looked as though the blackness was trying to come inside and she was shivering fear. Laughing at her imagination, she tried to ignore such a stupid idea. And for the first week, she had done just that, but it did not last. The morning light shone in her eyes and she lay there with her eyes closed, listening to the children's laughter. They were happily playing between the flowers and having fun. Suddenly she snapped away. No, that was not right. The children were just images in the window. So how could she hear them? They were not alive. When she opened her eyes and looked at the glass, the laughter stopped. The children were still pieces of cut out glass standing in a field of flowers. So how had she heard laughter? Getting out of bed, she walked over to the glass pane and touched it gently. It felt warm in the sunlight, but it was not alive. She must have been dreaming, or maybe she had heard some children playing outside. But when she looked out the window, there was no one around. One morning, someone knocked on the front door, and when Cecilia answered it, she found an old woman standing on the doorstep. Hello, my dear, she said. I hope you don't mind, but you are living in my old home. Do the children bother you at all? Celia's first reaction was disbelief. Did this old woman know about the children? Oh, if you mean the children in the bedroom glass. No, they always laugh and I wake up in the morning feeling happy. Please, she said, come in and have a cup of tea and we can talk. A strange stuff happens in this house. But the old woman shook her head and smiled, saying, No, my dear, they are your problem now. I have just come round to ask about the children. But if they are being good, it does not matter. And she turned around and walked away. Puzzled, Cecilia stepped out of the house to ask what she meant, but the old woman had melted away before her eyes. She had been talking to a ghost. For a moment, Cecilia stood there in shock. Then trembling all over, she sat down on the steps. Her legs felt like jelly and her heart was racing. This was too weird. First it had been the blackness. Then the dreams, the children, and now a ghost? Either she was going out of her mind completely, or these things were really happening. The children continued to wake her up each morning with their laughter, and even if they were not real, they made her feel better. She stopped questioning the strange things happening to her and put it down to her active imagination. But the blackness had not finished with Cecilia. One night, she walked into the kitchen to get a glass of water. Notice tiny black fingers creeping through the holes and beneath the doors. Dropping the glass in terror, she raced into her bedroom and locked the door. But nothing happened. Feeling silly, she knew there was nothing out there. It was just her imagination. She was dreaming. 
However, she began to avoid the kitchen at night and avert her eyes whenever she came out of the bathroom. Sometimes, to take her mind off the hole, she would turn on mind-numbing TV, but it didn't hold her interest for long. Surely the blackness was a fragment of her imagination, and she had a vivid, and as she did have a vivid imagination, the children proved that. Yet she was terrified of the fingers of black, real or imagined. Finally, she decided to confront her fears, because even if the night seeped inside the house, how could it harm her? The next night, feeling confident that it was all in her imagination, she waited. Yet her heart was beating like a drum, and nothing stopped the dryness in her mouth. Looking out the kitchen window, she watched the light slowly fade away. But as darkness fell, there was a palatable silence. Silence can unnerve at the best of time, but this quiet was something else. It felt like a blanket falling over the world and engulfed the sound. The holes in the walls and the back door were blocked, but every time she looked she felt sure they were slowly opening. The fingers of black were creeping into the room. Thinking she was staring too long, she turned her back and put the kettle on, but gasped in shock when she heard a soft thud. As she turned around, she saw the pieces of sticky tape and cloth she had patched the holes up with lying on the floor. The holes were back, and now there was no doubt the blackness was entering the room. Velvety black fingers were slowly filling the spaces around the back door. In a panic, she ran out of the kitchen, but the fingers followed her. Screaming and gasping in terror, she tried to close the door on the blackness, but in her haste, she tripped on the carpet. By now, she was so scared that she passed out. This time, there was no escape as the black fingers of night slowly crept over her body. They entered her nose and mouth and twisted around her head, and no breath remained. The kettle boiled and screamed for attention, but nothing stirred. The house kept its secrets, and the children laughed in delight.